Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. I literally pinch myself every time I record a new podcast. This is a dream that has been eight years in the making, and I'm so grateful that you are spending a part of your day with me. Hey, everyone. I have a special guest with me today, Joshua Deshaw, and he is the creator of the Equational Success Formula. So welcome, Joshua. Thanks for joining me. Hey, it's good to be here. Um, so just to let you know, it's Deshay, like there's a Y at the end. <laughs> wow. Okay. So how embarrassing. Thanks for- No, 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 don't, because I'll <laughs> say this. No one gets it right. Okay. Ever, I think the last person to get it right was my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Moore, and that's only because my mom worked in the class. So you're good. Okay. So maybe I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name before we got <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whatever. Okay, so why don't you tell me what does the equational success formula, what does that mean? What do you do and what does that mean? Yeah, so I guess to explain it, I have to explain, go back to explain what systems are in general, right? I think most people who coach, most people who go to um, seminars to figure out success, to learn business, they're given this platform and they're given this system to use right right if you've been in business you've been told to go to a mentor who can tell you how to be successful in that business the problem is all of these systems are based upon someone else right they're right. based upon someone else's personality someone else's selling type someone else's way of doing business and i don't know about you but there's no one out there like me right? There's not, there's no one out there like you. We're all individuals trying to fit ourselves into this box that says, Hey, this is a system to, to, to follow in order to be successful. And I was that same person for a long time. I think I can count back right now of 16 failures from 2001 when I got married. Uh huh until 2012 when I really started to see good success. 16 failures. Right. And what happened was I sat down and I started writing all of this stuff out. I started writing the things that I was terrible at. I started writing the things that motivated me, the things that drove me, the things that I would never be good at. I labeled that one, that was the first part of this that I labeled and I called them inhibitors, success inhibitors. And I said, hey, this, okay, so if I focus on the stuff that I love, if I focus on the meanings behind why I love things, why I'm motivated, if I understand the universal truths of my industry and the place that I'm at, if I stay away from things that I will never be good at and figure out either how to delegate it or to just completely remove it from my life, I'm going to have some success. So I was starting to formulate all this stuff and I started doing it. And what would have been failure number 17 ended up being huge success number one. And I said, that was kind of neat. And ever since that point, 
I've used this internal formula that said, I'm gonna create a few different things. I'm gonna create a list of my own personal truths. What are the things about me that are true, that are not true for anyone else, make me unique? Uh-huh. There are things from my past that motivate me now. Right. There are feelings that I have based upon events that have happened time and time and time again. And these feelings draw me to certain people, to certain things, make me successful, make me not successful. All the personal truths about me. When I add in then universal truth, what is it that's the same with me as is the same with everybody else in my company, everyone else in my industry? everyone else in my area? What are the things that put me on an even playing field with everyone else? Then I said, okay, I'm going to add to this. I'm going to add in my goals because if I know now what motivates me and drives me, what my past is, what my truths are, and I know what the universal truths are, I should be able to come up with some goals that, I'll, that I can hit based upon how I do business on those two first two truths. Okay. Okay, so that was the third. The next one was community. I realized really quickly that I'm only successful when I'm actually out in the community doing things. All of those other 16 failures happened when I was so focused on myself, what it was I was doing, how I had to do it, how I had to market it, that I was failing to realize one really important thing in business, that you're not successful unless the community around you supports you. You're just not. Sure. Think, try to have a retail space and not reach out to the community, the community that's going to buy your stuff. You're going to fail. So right. I said, okay, I've got to have some community involvement. And then the last thing was I had to figure out what were those things in my life that inhibited my success? What were the things, whether they were addictions, whether they were people, whether it was thought processes I had, what were these success inhibitors that I would never get better at that I needed to get out of my life? And when I put all those together, what it gave me was a process that is easily followed, but is uniquely different to each person who walks through it because of the personal truths, because of the goals, because of the universal truths and the success inhibitors. It was this plan that allowed us in an equational formula to say, if I add these things, if I understand these things, and if I subtract these things, we're gonna see success. And so that's what the, uh, that's what equational success is. And um, it's, it was born through my own failures and then my ability to look at those failures and come up with success. Okay, so th that's a great explanation. And I love how you came to that formula and came, you know, you're adding this, you're accepting this, you're taking away this. I, I have some questions for you though. Okay. So when you say, I want to remove what's inhibiting my success, I mean, we all do, right? And so how do you mm -hmm. just remove what's inhibiting your success? Give me some of the steps or the <clears throat> techniques that you went through to, to do that. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of, and it is one of the more difficult ones uh -huh. along with person, you know, personal truths is difficult because you're having to dig deep to figure out some of your whys. Sure. But I think that we have a very difficult time removing people, 
places and things from our lives. We have this, and it's really an irrational energy around us, an irrational emotion that says, this person has been in my life for this amount of time. I can't remove this person. Right. Um, again, think about difficult relationships. Think about, um, okay, the, the car that continues breaking down over and over again, and, and the husband or wife decides they got to keep it because it's something that's been in their family all the It's something that's a terrible product and you got to get rid of it. We have this irrational emotion that says it's really difficult to part with things that have been in our lives for a while. And what we do, right, is we instead try to figure out how to make them better. So if you think about it, what's this, one of the success inhibitors I have, our family, it's just we're strong with, with highly addictive personalities. Okay. We have, in our family, going back generations, we have alcohol, we have drug, we have sex and pornography, and we have all these things that you can think of that are really bad addictions. Most people will see stuff like that and try to think, how can I live with this particular addiction? Because addiction is difficult. You can't just say, I'm not, a, I'm not an alcohol addict anymore. Right. But also, our mindset tends to be right that if I need to get better at something, I'm going to work on it as much as I can in order to turn it from an, a grade of F to a B. Well, you can't do that with addiction, right? You can't say, I'm an alcoholic. I've got to get better at drinking. I've got to figure out how to not be so drunk and be belligerent and mean right. when I drink. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink a little less and I'm going to have people around me who can kick my ass in order to keep me from doing those things. And hopefully progressively, I'm going to get better at being an alcoholic. It doesn't work that way. You have to say, I'm going to remove this from my life. I am going to put people around me who will hold me accountable. I am going to put safeguards in my path that keep me from being tempted with drinking that alcohol. So it is an inhibitor to my success. I'm getting rid of it. It's not going to be in my life. I will not go to the bar. I'm not going to be in the wine department at the, the local supermarket. I'm going to completely get rid of it. So that's a, that's, that's a very drastic idea of success inhibitors. But then let's talk about things that are a little more mild. People are success inhibitors. Right, of course. Um, family members can yes. be success inhibitors. Yes. Does the idea of removing a family member from our lives, is it, is it, is it challenging? Is it even doable? Yes. My philosophy is this. Relationships should be a situation where you're better together than you are apart. If you're not better together than you are apart, the relationship shouldn't be there. Well, obviously, if you have kids, you're not ever going to get rid of those people. Right, right. But if you have a, a spouse, and this is going to sound terrible, if you have a spouse that holds you back and that makes you worse and that hurts you and that negatively impacts everything in your life, the person probably shouldn't be there. If you have a friend who's a gossiper and who holds you down, it's not a friend. That person shouldn't be there. Right. And so the idea of success inhibitors, how do you do it? Not easily. No, it's not. Not and, easily. And I've done all of that that you've just mm -hmm. described. You know, you, yeah. you have to make decisions to get rid of <clears throat> people in your life.
Well, and, and to me, again, there are a lot of very semi-successful people in the world. There really are. There are a lot of business owners who break even. Uh-huh. The ones that are really special understand that there are some things that I can get better at, right? I mean, I can do better with time management. Right. I can do better with being on time to meetings. Right. I can, I can do better at my communication skills. But I'm never, ever, ever going to be okay with someone who treats people in my inner circle in a terrible way. And you know what? I'm probably never going to change that person. So I'm going to get rid of that in my life. And that is, to me, the success inhibitors, that is what really separates the bad or decent business people with people who are highly successful. The ones that are able to say, you know what? You or this thing or this subject or this idea is something I'm never going to be okay with. I'm never going to be good at. And therefore, I've got to make sure that it's gone. It's out. It's not in my life anymore. And that's a difficult thing for people to do. So um, I, I agree with you. I've had to make those decisions. I'm yeah. sure many people have. It's, it's, um, it, it just, you just come to a point where you have to decide, is this the best thing for me to continue <clears throat> with this relationship? But I, I have a question for you that we kind of talked offline about, and I'm going to switch yeah. gears here because I, it, it intrigued me when we talked at the beginning about it. And one of the things that you had said is you failed, you know, 16 times because you were worried about how you were presenting, how you were looking. It was, it was more of about, about you. And so mm -hmm. you started seeing success when you started putting the equation together, you know, to, to make this formula. But one of the things that you talked about is what made you successful the 17th time was you gave without exception and expectations. And so mm -hmm. I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on that. And like, what was that transition that made you realize that you had to do that or you had to start doing that? So go back to after realizing that I just had, I wasn't counting at that point. I've gone back since then and counted. Sure. But my most, at that point, my most recent failure in business, and I'm sitting back looking, and I'm trying to come up with something that I had gotten from it, right? Is there something I can squeeze from this lemon that gives me at least a little bit of lemonade, right? Is there some goodness that came from this? And I started thinking about it, and there wasn't. Not even friends. Not even business people who I could call at that point to say, hey, let's get together. I know this really sucked and this didn't work out, but let's stay in touch. And there wasn't. And I started thinking about the way that I was doing business. And the way that I was doing business from a textbook side was, was accurate. It was all of the metrics, all of the planning, all of the goal setting, all of the setup that you have to do in order to do business well. I had all that stuff to a T. But what I wasn't doing was I wasn't picking my head up and looking out the window at the people who were around me 
I was ignoring everybody else and working on what I was doing. And I think we in business, it's interesting. We get to a point where you've heard it a lot, right? That I just have to work on myself. Right. right. I've got to work on myself. I need to take some time to work on myself. Sure. Every time I hear that, I say, no, what you need to do is stop worrying about your damn self and go help someone else. Because when you've been in failure after failure, you start to, you, ha you live in a giant pity pool world. I I'm just going to lay in the, my pity and my guilt and my self-hate, and I'm just going to feel sorry for myself. Right. And what you realize is all of a sudden when you step up, if you've ever lost a loved one or if you've gone through difficult times, the one thing that picks people up is going out and seeing smiles and seeing handshakes and creating relationships. Ah, so I started thinking, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and start meeting these people I've been neglecting for years. And it's, it was interesting because what I realized is when you, when you go out and say, look, how can I help you? By the way, I don't want anything from it. Right. People stop in their tracks and they don't believe you. And they think there's always a catch. And when you continue doing it and there's no catch, you start to develop relationships of people who want to do the same for you. And you start to see clearly and you start to form not just business not just business acquaintances, but you start to have people who text you and call you to find out how you're doing. Right. You start to form a community. And it's interesting what happens when you do that. Again, I, I always relate it back to someone who would be starting a clothing store in a small town. If you're starting a retail shop, you've got all these things you have to do. You have to know inventory. You have to know latest trends. You have to know where you're getting your, your stuff from. You have to know how much to market up by. You have to know where to advertise your stuff. You have to know how to place things in the store. You have to know accounting. You have all these different things. But the one thing most people who are starting a retail or a clothing store forget is they forget to go out into that community and create relationships with the people they need to come into the store to actually buy their stuff. Right. Right. And the minute they do that or any business does that and they do it without exception and without expectation, um, business just tends to flow in. Um, and so it, it's, it became a really big mantra of mine and something that I make sure that I do and I schedule in to my everyday work life. I just, it's, it's now part of who I am. So I, I know for me, um, you know, there was a time recently in, in this year that I connected with so many people and I didn't say no. As often as I could say yes, I said yes. I, I made that space um, yeah. because, you know, I, I was reeling from grief. I had had tragic um, loss yeah. a year and a half ago. And so that's what continued to push me forward and, mm -hmm. and heal me and empower me and fuel me was having those relationships and meeting those people, having those connections and realizing that I was doing it with not asking for nothing in return. I just wanted those connections and yeah. those stories. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of what, you know, we had talked about offline is, 
that's what fuels us. That's our why. You know, what's interesting about that too, is that the objection you'll get from people is that they don't have enough time, uh -huh. right? That, that sounds great, Josh, but I've got, my day is so packed with all of the things I have to do with business. And it's interesting though, because when you push back and you say, okay, so what if your wife calls uh -huh. or your kids call and there's been an accident at school? Do you have time for the call? And obviously the answer is, yeah, of course I do. Right. And, and they do because it's a priority. And we have a lot more time in our schedule for priorities than we actually think. And then two, our lives are immeasurably better when we figure out that we don't have to say no to more stuff. I, there's this, and, and, and you may disagree with me, but there's this big movement that says you've got to know when to say no, uh -huh. right? You've got to protect your time. You've got to protect, you know, um, your own self. You've got to, you've got to make sure that you're not letting people walk all over you. And yes, all of those things are true, but my life got so much better and my business did better when I just decided, look, if I can, if I can say yes, I'm going to say yes. If now, if I have another obligation at six o'clock today and you need me at six o'clock today, then obviously that's not going to work. Right. But if I can do it, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. And what you find is people don't take advantage of you the way you think they're going to. Um, you bless other people in a way that makes them never forget you. And you create lifelong bonds and you create fans of you. And yep. so I've just gotten to the point where give incessantly to the community, give in a way that, that you don't expect anything in return and say yes a hell of a lot more than I'm going to say no. And business has not been a failure since. I think that's awesome. And, and, and oh, and, and there's all kinds of noise going on in the background. My dog, the phone, dingy, <laughs> kinds of noise today. Um, all right, Joshua, why don't you share how we could get a hold of you, where, um, where you hang out, and I'll make sure to link everything up in the show notes. But if you could cool. just say real quick where we Well, yeah, so if you want to, I'll say this. It's interesting. Uh, before this last year, I would have said go to my website 100%. And you still can. You can go to www.joshuadeshay.com. Um, absolutely. But hit me up on LinkedIn. Search okay. me. Um, if you're not connected to me, it'll say Joshua WD. Um, I believe it's, it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash Joshua W. Deshay. Um, find me on LinkedIn. Um, most of my stuff is there. It's, that's the best way to get a hold of me. If you give me, get me there and say that you watch this uh, podcast, then um, shoot me a, a DM and I'll, I'll give you my cell phone. Everybody that connects with me has it and you can reach out to me at any time. Awesome. And I will link all of that up in the show notes. So I want to say thank you for your time, for your generosity, for sharing your formula with us and many blessings to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much and have a great new year. I can't wait to, to talk to you again soon. Thank you. If you like what you hear and you want to know more information, you could contact me at lisa at recognizeyourtruth.com. I also sell my sticky notes on my website at recognizeyourtruth.com. 
If you are looking to launch a podcast and you want to know step-by-step how to do it, I have a course that is starting in January, but I have a free guidebook on how to launch a podcast where I put a lot of great content and information in there and you can get that in the show notes. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.